go. We are listening to Rumination Thursday on Law and Gospel. And guess what? It's with Pastor Tom Baker and with Pastor Wes Reimnitz. And it's May the 4th in the year of our Lord, 2023. How you doing, Pastor Reimnitz? Oh, I'm doing great. It's a great morning. It's, it's uh, sunny and it's just beautiful. How about you? I, I'm doing well, especially in light of another article that you sent me. Uh, I was giving some thought about doing two articles today, but I think we should just stay with the one article because of all the information we now have. And that is entitled, 85% of Anglican leaders reject the head bishop of the third largest Christian denomination. Can you help us understand what this article is talking about well there was a conference that was held by by uh anglican leaders uh it was the global anglican future conference that um that, <clears throat> that met here this uh i think this last spring and and they took exception to uh the church of england Archbishop of Canterbury, Justice Welby's uh, blessing of same-sex couples. Yes. It is in February, the Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, who's the head of the Church of England uh, in the Anglican Communion, and he defended blessings for same-sex couples while insisting that the move did not violate the church's doctrine that marriage is between one man and one woman. He said, for the first time, the Church of England will publicly, unreservedly, and joyfully welcome same-sex couples in a church. Well, the leaders of the Global Anglican Future Conference wouldn't stand for this. And on Friday, they condemned Welby's move as blasphemy and declared that he and the Church of England had abdicated their leadership of the Anglican Communion. In fact, they wrote this, It grieves the Holy Spirit in us that the leadership of the Church of England is determined to bless sin. Since the Lord does not bless same-sex unions, it is pastorally deceptive and blasphemous to craft prayers that invoke blessing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So, this was a large number of bishops who had attended this conference, and they were not at all happy with what the head of the Anglican Church has done. Well, it was let's see, it was thirteen hundred delegates from fifty-two countries, three hundred fifteen wow. bishops, and five four hundred fifty-six other clergy and. 
and 531 other laities. So there was a, quite a large delegation that had met, met on, on this. What was interesting is they made, they crafted their statement. You know what Bible verse they used? Which one are you thinking of? Well, the one I was looking at was Colossians 1.18. Christ is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that everything he might have the supremacy. I mean, it kind of says it all to to what you were saying about how they rejected uh, the, the archbishop's comments that he may be archbishop of, of the Anglican Church, but Christ is the head of the body. Yes. Now, the Anglican Church is the third largest denomination, but can you imagine if uh, President Harrison of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod uh, came out and indicated something along these lines that because we welcome all people into our churches, we are also going to be blessing uh, homosexual relationships, but we won't marry them. We'll just give them a church blessing. I think that would be the end of President Harrison's uh, presidency. Would you not think so? Right. Well, the, that's one of the reasons I wanted to take a look at this this article, the 85%. It looks like a split is coming in the Anglican Church, doesn't it? Well, it sure has, um, because there's also a huge split right now, and you've been sending me articles on this, on the Methodist Church also, correct? Oh, yes. In fact, uh, just here in Springfield, one of one of the Methodist churches has decided that they're going to quote stay in and lovingly invite the gays into their church. And, and uh, as you read the article, there's nothing talking about Christ uh, or the or the doctrine of the Methodist Church that they, they wanted to change their common book of prayer to, to same sex and and change the doctrine to homosexuality, practicing homosexuality was okay. Yes. In fact, last night, um, I was kind of up, not ready for sleep. So I went and I listened to a sermon by, uh, well, there were two pastors in the church. And the one pastor was talking about the various readings and then the other pastor gave a sermon. Neither of the pastors even had collars on. They just had regular shirts and pants. And uh, it was seven errors that were made by the two pastors in both the beginning of the service and in the sermon. Plus, the singing, and this is becoming more and more in even some Lutheran churches, are these contemporary hymns that nobody can really sing because they're not, you know, given to anybody. They're, they're up on a screen, and the words are there, and what was being sung was by one woman, and none of the congregation was joining. You could just hear her voice because these hymns, don't have a, a, a 
a beat or a meter that you can follow. And unless you're listening to her real carefully, you don't know what's going to happen next. And even the words of the hymns were sub-Christian. This is happening hmm. in a lot of congregations these days. Why it's so important when someone leaves a congregation that before they buy a house in another city, they should attend the churches there and make sure that they have a pastor who's teaching the word of God properly. <laughs> kind of reminds me of, of the family history on my dad's side. When they were immigrating to America, the family in in the 1880s, their uh, pastor over there in Germany, a Lutheran pastor, said, when you get to America, there's this, this um, denomination uh, of Germans, uh, Missouri, Ohio, and other states, which we know now as the Missouri Synod. Check it out. It's a confessional Lutheran church. Yes. Yeah, I uh, really believe, that's why I'm a Lutheran pastor, is that Lutheranism has the best summary of the entire scripture. It's not that other Christians like Baptists or Methodists or Presbyterians, etc., Roman Catholics, that they're not Christian, but they have errors. And we can point that out. In fact, I had a lady come up to me and she has a relative who's Muslim. And she asked me, well, how do we witness to a Muslim? And I, I went to Concordia Publishing House and they have a whole series of items, how to witness to Muslims, how to witness to Jehovah Witnesses. A lot of people, when a Jehovah Witness comes to your house, they usually don't even open the door. Or if they do, it's very short shrift. You, you had an experience with Jehovah Witnesses who came to your house recently, did you not? <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, after talking to me for a while, they asked if they could depart from me. <laughs> yes. Because, of course, uh, talking with them about uh, Jesus as the true Son of God, and uh, they don't accept uh, Christ as holy God. Yes. Now, what I really enjoyed about this article that you sent me, that's a lengthy one, about the 85% of bishops are opposed now to the Church of England, is they have a section called the authority of God's word. And when I read that, it sounded very, very Lutheran. Here, here's what they wrote, part of it. The current divisions in the Anglican communion have been caused by radical departures from the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Some within the communion have been taken captive by hollow and deceptive philosophies of this world. Such a failure to hear and heed God's word undermines the mission of the church as a whole. Now that's really a strong statement against the head of the Church of England. And I, I think I, I really appreciated that. Yeah, that's 
was one of the reasons I said we we need to take a look at this. I mean, it, it is really a strong witness out there, and it, again, they 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 start with Jesus as the head of the body of Christ from Colossians, and you can see it run. You know, if, I, I would recommend our listeners to read the whole letter of Colossians. It talks about our baptisms and how we've left behind the passion and the lust and the things like that and move forward for we are buried with with Christ in our baptism. We are raised a new life. So uh, something that the Anglicans have come up with that we can look at too. Yes, they uh, talk about that. They say the Bible is God's word written breathed out by God as it was written by his faithful messengers. And they quote 2 Timothy 3.16. It comes, it carries God's own authority, is its own interpreter, and it does not need to be supplemented, nor can it ever be overturned by human wisdom. Now, what's this? human wisdom what are they talking about there well they they come in and say uh interpreted uh what comes to mind is higher criticism with that yes higher criticism is when you read a passage from the word of god you disagree with what it's actually saying for example Six-day, 24-hour creation is very clearly revealed in Genesis. And yet, look how many pastors and even the Roman Catholic Pope believes in evolution. This is ridiculous. This is a great example of leaving the Word of God and joining with false scientists who have no evidence at all that a rabbit can become a giraffe or a peach can become an apple. And yet that's what evolution really teaches. And of course, as they're pointing out, as God's word is the rule of our lives as disciples and it's the final authority of the church. If we call ourselves a Christian church, regardless of whatever denomination Christian denomination we are, we are saying Christ is the authority, Christ is the head. And it isn't just only in Colossians chapter 1 where where they quote, but you see it in Ephesians chapter 1 where he's called the head of the body. Exactly. And they're very good. This is a five-page letter, and you can go and find it on the Internet. All you do is look for G-A-F-C-O-N-4. And and that's the conference that they had. And it's got some great stuff in it. Another item they say, the fellowship, which is in the Anglican church, is broken when we turn aside from God's word or attempt to reinterpret it in any way that overturns the plain reading of the text 
in its canonical context and so deny its truthfulness, clarity, sufficiency, and thereby its authority. So what do they say about the current crisis in the Anglican Communion? Well, despite the 25 years of persistent warning of the Anglican primates, repeated departures from the authority of God had torn the fabric of, of their communion. You know, the warnings were blatant and deliberately disregarded and without repentance and was tearing the church apart. Uh, the latest of these departures is a majority of the vote of the General Synod of the Church of England in February of 2023 when they... Uh, Proposed that bishops enable same-sex couples to, to receive God's blessing. So on the one hand, marriage is for a man and a woman. On the other hand, we'll go ahead and bless uh, same-sex unions. Yes. Since the Lord, they write, does not bless same-sex unions, it is pastorally deceptive and blasphemous to craft prayers that invoke blessing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Then they also quote Genesis 2:24, Matthew 19:4-6. Any refusal to follow the biblical teaching that the only appropriate context for sexual activity is the exclusive lifelong union of a man and a woman in marriage violates the created order. And that's where they quote Genesis 2, Matthew 19, and it actually endangers salvation. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9. So they say that public statements by the Archbishop of Canterbury and other leaders of the Church of England in support of same-sex blessings are a betrayal of their ordination and consecration vows to banish error and to uphold and defend the truth taught in Scripture. Now, I see this happening in many, many denominations. In fact, We've even had some closing of universities because of the views of many of the students that, you know, homosexuality is an okay relationship to have, a man and a man and a woman and a woman. And, and it goes so far, what does the Elka Church say about a pastor who's a male marrying another pastor who's a male. <laughs> they permitted they've uh it, it started out way back when if they were celibate and then all of a sudden it got changed that we shouldn't deny them uh a relationship with one another. Yes. I go by a Lutheran church, Missouri Synod and they put a new sign up in one of the cities we travel uh, each week to go to the four congregations I'm helping out with. This is not one of them, but the sign says, everyone welcome. 
Now, that needs to be understood properly. Do we welcome everyone to come to church? Well, of course we do. Do we welcome everyone to take the Lord's Supper? No, we don't. Exactly. And why not? Because we don't want them to take it to the judgment. We want to make sure that they they understand well, that they are receiving the very body and blood of Christ. The early church practiced that uh, from the very beginning. And in yep. fact, in some of the house churches, they would let the crowd that hadn't been confirmed depart while they continued with the communion service. Actually, when I went to the... Uh... Uh, school in Fort Wayne, uh, senior college. That was a congregation we attended. And I never heard that before. But at the end of the regular service, they would have the final benediction. And then all those who were not confirmed would leave the church. And those only who were confirmed and agreed with the teaching of the church would stay to take the Lord's Supper. Uh, that was only one congregation I ever ran across, and I found that interesting. Uh, are you aware of other congregations that do that? Uh, I've heard of it. I haven't seen it again. I was aware of that congregation, too. But uh, Bernard Ehlert, a German professor, wrote Eucharist and Church Fellowship in the first three centuries, and he pointed that out, that in the early church, they would do that. They would they would uh, conclude the service, and then the, those that hadn't been confirmed departed, and those that were confirmed in their fellowship to communion. We call that close or closed communion. And that isn't something that's being mean to people, but it's something, as you indicated, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, there were those who did not believe it was the true body and blood of Jesus Christ, and they were getting sick, and they were falling asleep, which means they died. And they were falling asleep, which means they were also still Christian, but God did not want them to be betraying his word in that way. When Jesus says, take heed, this is my body, this is my blood, it is. In fact, this uh, week, we're uh, having a confirmation student who's getting confirmed. Uh, she's a wonderful young woman, uh, part of the university that I'm helping to uh, teach in another worship service every Sunday. And she has attended all the adult instruction classes, and she's going to be the first one confirmed uh, we've got another one being confirmed in about two weeks and also uh, two others that are joining the church through transfer. H how does a transfer occur in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod? Well, if you're a member of a, of a Missouri Synod Lutheran Church and you find another one in, an, in another locality that you move to, you request from the pastor that a letter of transfer be made. And uh, generally, generally, in uh, quite a few of the churches, there's a little rite of service 
that the pastor has during the worship service where he welcomes you into the congregation. Yes, we're going to be doing that with another member this Sunday, welcoming her. And I, I remember uh, she also attended the adult instruction class. And one of her questions was, why did I have to ask my pastor for a letter of transfer? And you know what my answer to her was? What was it? So we know you are not excommunicated. <laughs> okay. Yes. We, we've had members, I remember one we excommunicated, just went to another Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, that said that her sin wasn't such that she should not be taking the Lord's Supper. So we even brought charges against that church, and they got out of the charges by leaving the Missouri Synod and becoming a member of ELCA, Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, where, of course, they okay abortion, homosexuality, and other things. Many of their members don't agree with that, but I tell you, the, the best place to really learn about those things sometimes isn't in a sermon. I had a professor at the seminary I attended that would talk about Jesus Christ has risen from the dead on Easter, but when you listen carefully to him in class, he doesn't believe that Jesus rose physically, but only spiritually, and his body could still be in the grave. That's what he taught. So, and you know, that's what I like about this, this article because it goes to Christ as the head of the church, and it's his word, his authority. And that's what we believe too as Lutherans. Yes, there's just a lot of good theology as they call for repentance. And they ask for repentance, defines and shapes the Christian life and the life of the church. And so this conference agreed with this wonderful letter in support for faithful Anglicans who do not believe in blessing homosexual unions. So thanks for sending me the article. I think it's very interesting and shows that the homosexual community is really dividing the church because of their unrepentance and their failure to follow God's word. We'll talk about another subject on tomorrow's Law and Gospel. I'm Tom Baker, Wes Reinitz. God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check out to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962.
Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.